The Adam Crowley Show. Brought to you by the Erector Protector, protecting your junk since 2016. If you want to keep the bang out yo wang, you need Erector Protector. Available at Walgreens, CBS, and Arby's. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. I've got 58 minutes until I'm going to go to the Flogging Molly concert at Stage A. Dropkick Murphys will also be there. Here's a question for Tom. Tom, how many beers can I drink tonight to feel good tonight so that I'm also not hungover for the show tomorrow? Are you driving? I am not. You're going to want to at least hit nine. You want me to drink nine beers? At least hit nine. Well, you're not driving, so... I was probably going to drink five or six. I'd at least hit nine. Just try to remember to, to chug a water bottle before you go to bed. I think that's the key. That is the key. Get some hydration back in your life. I also don't want to drink so much that I pee constantly. constantly. You'll miss the concert. It's the worst. And that, that honestly, I'm not going to do anything stupid, knock on wood, but I, I just, I don't want to miss the concert, man. I haven't seen these guys live. You a Flogging Molly fan, Top? No, I've never heard of them. Never heard of them, really? Not once. You've never heard of them? Nope. I, I bet you they're in our system. I bet you they are. I'm looking at Looking for it right now. Flogging Molly. So nine beers. Should I all right, should I take a picture of them every time I have one so I know how many that I've had? There's one flogging Molly song in the system. Alright, play it. Oh, it's drunken lullabies. It's a great tune. Yeah! Oh, I'm drinking 10 beers tonight. At least 10 beers. At least. Is Phil Mickelson a worse person than Neil Huntington? I'm asking you, Tom. I'm looking directly in your eyes. Much worse. Neil Huntington is just playing the role of PR, trying to spin the story. Well, no, he did it terribly! Well, that's fine. Phil Mickelson spat in the face of a great game that not only our nation has played in forever, but nations have played forever. And that is something that's inexcusable. Bad PR move, you can sweep that under the rug. But to, to hit a golf ball while it was still moving, it makes me want to throw up in my mouth. See, I think, I think you did a really good job of not saying anything there, but also setting me up for what I think might be the larger point. You can keep drinking lullabies going, because I'm, I'm damn fired up about the concert tonight. Yeah! Phil Mickelson is a guy who's liked by virtually everyone. He's a fan favorite. He's won a bunch. He's kind of the anti-Tiger. Tiger cheated on his wife a million times, and Phil Mickelson's looked at as the family guy. And I think Phil Mickelson is very... Respected. Neil Huntington in this town, because he's linked with ownership and management, this is a guy who shouldn't get the benefit of the doubt because in the past he's put his foot in his mouth. He's put his foot in his mouth before. The ownership group here in Pittsburgh hasn't put the money out there whenever they say that they're going to put money out there. So whenever he says something like this, it's just, to me, him stacking on top of what is already a marred legacy here in Pittsburgh. The drafting hasn't been good. He 
consistently has blamed the fans for not coming out as a reason why they're not going to spend more money. And when you do these things over and over again, that's who you are. It's not just a a one-off. It's not just a mistake. It's who he is. It's a character flaw. Phil Mickelson is a guy that everybody likes, and this is the one moment now that a lot of people are going to latch on to. If Phil was doing this over and over again like he was Neil Huntington, I get the frustration. I think you've got two different guys here playing on different planes. Phil Mickelson should be getting the benefit of the doubt, and Neil Huntington absolutely should not be, and I've seen that some people have given it to him. Well, it was kind of taken out of context. Well, he had a larger point that he was trying to make. No. If you're a cheater, then I think you're always going to be a cheater. And when you're suspected of being a cheater, then I think it's because there's merit there. I'm not just going to accuse somebody who's never done something bad before the same way that I accuse someone who has done those things a bunch. So when Phil Mickelson does this once, I'm not going to say he's the worst dude out there. When Phil Mickelson makes a mistake, I'm going to look at it as a mistake and not a pattern of bad behavior. Meanwhile, Neil Huntington, it's just another page in a book that should be titled, We Suck at PR. I timed that perfectly. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I always looked at Le'Veon Bell differently than I looked at Martavis Bryant. Martavis Bryant was a repeat, repeat offender. Le'Veon Bell got put into the protocol because he got a DUI. And then he missed a test. I never looked at him as a habitual pot smoker. I never looked at him as a guy, a risk, who was going to continue to be suspended. Martavis Bryant always was a guy who could be suspended again based on the fact that I thought he was a habitual pot smoker. And I think that that's been proven now if the reports out of Las Vegas are to be believed. But the way that I look at that is there's risk with guys who have had checkered pasts as compared to guys who have not. So when I look at Neil Huntington, I look at him as a guy who can't be trusted. I look at him as a guy who is furthering the divide between the Pirates and their fans. And whenever I look at Phil Mickelson, I look at a guy who did something once and should not be crushed because of it. He should not have his name marred. He should not have his name dragged through the mud. He should not be called disgraceful. He does something once, one time, whenever the conditions were ripe. And all of a sudden, he's all of a sudden not what you think he was for his whole career. You think he's a different person now? Nah, I don't buy it. He's who he always is. A good dude, a popular guy who made a mistake. Neil Huntington also is what he always was. A guy who puts his foot in his mouth and continues to further the divide between the Pittsburgh Pirates and their fans. 412-922-2874. Tweet me. At underscore Adam Crowley. I think I've settled on eight beers. No. Nine minimum. How many does it take you to get messed up these days, Tom? Ooh, I don't know. It kind of depends. You know, if you fall out of drinking for a couple weeks, your tolerance obviously goes down a little bit. I'd put it around maybe six. Six and then you're feeling what? Six and then I'm like walking around and I'm like, whoa, I'm not sober anymore. But you can handle yourself. Yes. When do you start to not be able to handle yourself? Probably once we hit the double digits, 12. That's terrible math by you, but okay. Well, 
we hit the double digits, it starts to happen, and then two beers later, I'm there. So are you telling me you need to drink six beers to have a buzz, or you drink six beers and that's whenever you're the beginnings of drunk? Yes, beginnings of drunk. Okay. You can feel buzz after, like, two beers. Yes. Yesterday, I had a buzz after one, but that's because it was 9,000 degrees, and I hadn't had anything to eat since Exactly. Breakfast. It depends on how much you had to eat, too. Yeah. Okay, so if I go home, and I eat another one of those cheeseburgers that I... How many leftover cheeseburgers do you have? Oh, dude. <laughs> I made 24 cheeseburgers yesterday. There were 14 people who came over. Not everyone had a burger. You'll be eating for cheeseburgers for breakfast all, all week. I can't wait. <laughs> Very much excited about that. So if I eat a cheeseburger... <sighs> that's a good base. You think that's a good base? Yeah, you got some bread in There's there. There's bread in there. Meat, pickles, cheese, cheese, onions. Lettuce. Little no hot, lettuce. Little, no lettuce? Not doing lettuce. What? I don't do Tomatoes? lettuce. Tomatoes? Uh, I will not have tomato. Onions? There'll be onions. Okay, so some vegetable is getting in there. Yes. All right, yeah, you're good. That, nine beers. You think so? Yeah. I'm going to drink six just to be safe. When do you start blacking out? Like 15? Oh. 12? I've never blacked out solely from just drinking beer. Yeah, me neither. It has to be like Yeah, me neither. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's why beer is perfect. It's because whenever you start to run out of steam, it just gently tucks you in for the night and has you pass out. What happened to me in my life, man? I guess that's a really vague question yes. that I just asked, but what what happened in terms of the alcohol? Like, I used to be able to just drink and drink and drink, and then the next day I'd wake up and I'd want to drink more. Like, I'm going on vacation this weekend. We've got a wedding to go to on Friday, so I'll be drinking on both of those occasions, but I'm not going to want to after tonight if, if I don't do tonight correctly. Like, there's a lot riding on tonight. Do you have I, any Tums? I do have Tums. Get some Tums in your system. I, what I like to do is... Beforehand? Is, yeah, I like to pre-Tums. Just huh. get a couple in there, make the stomach feel nice and nice and ready to go. Make sure that you don't hit any speed bumps along the night while you're out drinking. And then right before you go to bed, pop two more. The worst is when you're out and you're just drinking beer. And then somebody in your party buys shots. And I, they, I say no. I say no, too. But I'll probably wind up doing it anyway. That's a problem. I'm not a liquor guy. Uh, Barely know her. They're probably going to be light beers, too. I, I don't think I'll be drinking IPAs or anything like that. Okay, okay, wait. Now let me ask you that question. When you're talking about drinking six beers, are you talking about IPAs? That's a good point. No, I really wasn't thinking okay, about drinking yeah, IPAs. I, I was thinking On a night about, like tonight, you're not trying to drink IPAs, I don't think. Probably not. Yeah. Maybe like to start. Maybe like the first two to get a really nice buzz going. Well, it switch. is flogging Molly. I might have a couple of Guinness to start. I mean, you have to. Right? I think I have to. For the Celtics. IPAs, I can drink two and then I fall asleep. Really? My mouth gets all sticky and I fall asleep. Not an IPA guy. Except on Thursdays when we have all the people coming in here who are brewing IPAs. Probably shouldn't have said that on the air. Coming up next, Lance Lysowski at DKPittsburghSports.com. The Pirates do have a big series tonight. Seven games back. They're three and a half back in the wild card, and they are chasing the team that they are chasing in the division. Like them about that. And Neil Huntington's comments next. It's Crowley Show. Freak yeah, welcome to Jimmy John's. Freak yeah, whoa, she's going to slice down on that lettuce. Freak yeah, she's a fresh lettuce freak. Slices it fresh every day at exactly three thirty seconds of an inch. Freak yeah, wait, now she's carving meats? Freak yeah, she's also a meat freak. Slices are all natural meats by hand daily. Freak yeah. 
Freak, you gotta be kidding me. Freak, yeah. Also a bread freak. Makes bread fresh in-store every four hours. Freak, wow. Here's the best part. We're all lettuce, meat, and bread freaks here. Because that means better sandwiches for all. Double freak, wow. You guys are freaking my freak. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's freak, yeah. Gonna line my belly with a cheeseburger. Already drinking some waters? Yeah. It's also 90 degrees outside. you just focus... On not getting too, too drunk, you'll be fine. It's a mental game. I'm weak, man. Once the first one goes down, if it goes... The Buckos are one game under 500, which before the season, I think a lot of fans would say, okay, fine, we'll take it. We'll take it. 71 games in, we're right there, probably in the thick of the second wild card race. It's better than I think a lot of people thought the Pirates were going to be. However, I looked at as mediocrity. I think mediocrity is the worst place you can be. I think you either want to be good or bad. I don't think you want to be mediocre. I don't think you want to be floundering. We bring in Lance Lizowski, DK, PittsburghSports.com now to discuss. Lance, your thoughts on that? How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Adam. No, I I, I, I understand the perspective. Either you, especially with Major League Baseball today, either you want a team to be tanking or trying to win. Now, the Pirates are playing this middle ground for the last couple of years, and pretty much refusing to go out and spend additional money or trade assets in the minor leagues to try to get proven commodities, you know, especially to help areas of need. And that's the point that they're at. They need to add to the bullpen. They could probably use a backup middle infielder since John Rodriguez has struggled. And Jung Ho Gung and Adam Frazier don't seem to be the answer right there at the moment. So, I mean, I, Neil Huntington says he's going to try to add. I guess we'll see if he, uh, that's going to be the case. Do you think that they're close enough where they should be adding? Well, I think that the, if they needed to go out and get a, a top-of-the-rotation starter or they needed to get maybe even a starting position player, then I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't add at this point. But you need a couple of relievers, and relievers can be had for the right price. And the Pirates are at this point where they have all these guys in AAA, all these Max Moroffs. Jordan Luplos, I would try to trade some of those assets for even if it's a reliever that you need to work with who uh, might be broken at the moment, who had past success. They need to do something because this bullpen's taking on water and you know they, they reinstated Richard Rodriguez from the disabled today, which, okay, that might be a, you know an additional arm, but you shouldn't be relying on a Richard Rodriguez who's a minor league free agent to come in and save your bullpen. This is a really bad situation, and even their closer, you know, the one they gave $22 million guaranteed to in January, has been a complete disaster the past month. Let's read the Neil Huntington quote here. Lance Lysowski joining us here on the Crowley Show. He said, quote, if I were able, pardon me, if we were able to turn a corner and draw more people out, then we'll be, I'm going to restart this, Lance. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to restart the reading here. Uh, quote, if we are able to turn a corner and draw more people out, then we'll be able to put more into the club, and they don't necessarily go hand in hand. As we've shown in the past, when the resources are there, we'll apply them, end quote. What do you make of that quote, and have they applied the resources appropriately when the resources have been there? They haven't. I mean, you can go back and look at, you know, adding Marlon Bird or Justin Morneau. There have been times where they went out and they were able to add 
those minor little pieces. But the past three years, I mean, dating back to when Neil Walker was traded, when you could have added to that team and been pretty pretty good in 2016. No, I, I, I think it's just lip service, and there hasn't been action that's been taken. I don't think there's any arguing with that either. And I, putting it on the fans that, okay, well, if you come to games, then we'll go you know, add to this club. I don't think you can really say that, Adam, because the fans came out in the past and you didn't add to the club when there was probably a lot more talent, especially in the bullpen, uh, to really support what you had here. I don't know. It's saying one thing and doing another. Uh, until they show the fans they actually care, I don't think people are going to want to show up because who wants to watch, you know, Edgar Santana got get teed off on in the eighth inning or <laughs> the bullpen blow another lead. It's just it's the same old same old. I don't like the fact that it was said. If he wants to believe that, if he wants to think that kind of stuff, fine. But you have to understand how you're perceived in the market. You have to understand how your fan base thinks about everything that you say, and you have to realize that the fan base doesn't exactly have a lot of faith in the ownership or the front office. Like, I just wouldn't have said that if I were him. I would have found a way to sidestep that question. Yeah, and, and there's been a lot of that. I mean, for his, you know, Neil rarely declines comment, but instead things like that are said, and, and, and there's no way to dodge the mishaps that they had in the off season. He took some ownership of that yesterday. Just the fact that they came into the season without, you know, an eighth inning guy or somebody to man the seventh inning they made in the Garrett Cole and Andrew McCutcheon trades. They wanted to grab two relievers to supplement their bullpen. Well, neither one's been all that great. No. Kyle Crick and Michael Feliz. And you're relying on trading your two superstars to get bullpen pieces. I mean, relievers are the most affordable asset in major league baseball. I mean, yeah, there are some guys that get huge contracts, but when you need a seventh or or even sometimes an eighth inning guy, it's not all that expensive. And putting it on the fans, I think this isn't a good look. Last thing on this topic, what I think has to stink most for Pirates fans, and I don't have a specific name here for you, but what stinks most for them has to be the free agent market that there was this year and how maybe you could have found a couple of players more attainable than we've seen them in the past and maybe we'll see them going forward. Good point. Uh, they, they were able to capitalize this on this a couple of years ago when they brought in David Freeze. Freeze was kind of still out there. I ended up getting a lot of value for the signing. And there were a lot of relievers that weren't at the top of the market who were having really good seasons under affordable contracts. The one I can mm. think of is Jared Hughes, who the Pirates let walk because of what, less than a million dollars when they cut him at the end of spring training last season. Uh, you, you needed to add to the bullpen. They came in they again for another season. They gambled on internal improvement. They, they gambled on Davidis Neverowskis being a you know, competent major league reliever, and so much can go wrong. And when you're investing in a team and you, you, you acquire Corey Dickerson, it just I don't understand the fact you, you, you take that sort of gamble, especially when there's arms on the market that aren't even that pricey that you can take a, you know, let's gamble on, I guess I can say. We're going to see William start for the Buccos tonight. Uh, it's been his last four or five starts where he just hasn't looked the same as he did earlier in the season. And I think a lot of people predicted that he wouldn't be pitching as well as he did the first month, month and a half, but that he still would be a good player. I, I imagine still that that's going to be the case. But what's he need to get better on to get closer to being that guy? I mean, it's fastball, it's fastball command, Adam. I know that's 
sound simple, but... It's not sexy, I'll tell you that, Lance. It's not, but they, they, nothing about his pitching style is. No. He's one of those guys <laughs> that was getting out. He's getting a lot of ground balls, but when you're not throwing your fastball and you're not getting late movement down the zone, you're not going to get those ground balls. He was getting a lot of fly balls, actually, which isn't good for a pitcher like Trevor Williams. The walks were really troubling, even when he was doing well in the first month of the season, so you were just wondering... How much longer can he sustain this? And, well, he wasn't able to sustain it. Now it doesn't really seem like anybody has any tangible answers as to what's gone wrong here. Mm. So it's something to watch. And when you have Nick Kingham in AAA, who International League Pitcher of the Week, again, for the second time this season, was perfect through six and a third innings against Toledo, which is a pretty good AAA team, on Thursday, it makes you wonder how much longer can they continue to – Use Trevor Williams as unfair as that might be from the outside because he was pretty darn good for a while there. So Williams would be the guy that you'd yank if you were going to bring Kingham in? Right now, I don't think you – there's yeah. really not an argument against it. Avon Nobles looks a lot better. Chad cool has been, you could argue, their best starter over the last month. You'll get just the numbers themselves. And, yeah, you know, if you want to put your best five together, Trevor Williams isn't that. ERA is almost nine in his last five starts. He's getting hit hard. And this is a team that I don't know if they can continue to afford just trotting guys out there and hoping for internal improvement for people who just figure it out. That time has passed. I mean, this, this division's really good, as they're going to find out the next couple of days with the Brewers in town who are in first place for a reason. And if you're going to want to compete for the playoffs, but you can't keep falling behind and just keep shutting out guys who are struggling. Lance Lysowski joining us here on DKPittsburghSports.com. It's nice to see Cool pitch the way that he's pitched of late. Uh, he's a guy who has the stuff, uh, but it looks like he's finally putting it all together. I hope it's not just a blip. I hope he can continue this. And huh, obviously, it would be huge for the puck, the Bucks, if uh, he could. The upside there, his breaking yes. stuff is. It might be the best on the staff. Just you know, if you look at all of his pitches together you know, with the velocity. I think him and Jamison Tyler are just kind of figuring out what they are as pitchers. Both of them are throwing fewer two-seam fastballs. They're throwing more four-seamers up in the zone, more breaking balls. The slider has been really key for both of them. And that recipe is being used across Major League Baseball, including by Garrett Cole with the Astros, really produced success. And those guys have the weapons to be really good starting pitchers. And I think Chad Cool slowly figuring it out. But, of course, you're going to get that time where Major League Baseball scouting reports get around. There's going to be some punch, you know, some counterpunch from other teams with how he's starting to pitch to them. And we'll see how he responds. If he hasn't responded well in the past when he's had this nice little string of starts, it's often followed by a couple of disasters. How do you grade Clint Hurdle on his performance this year? It's a good question. Uh, I, I'm not going to put this all on him. I know there's a lot of criticism to, to be dished out. He was given a flawed roster again. When you look at the bullpen, you look at Sean Rodriguez hasn't been the type of player. I think that um, he's been okay managing his starting pitchers. Hasn't really been keeping him out there for too long. Really no egregious errors. You know, you look across Major League Baseball, Adam, I think a lot of people in Pittsburgh or in any city, when you only focus on your team or what your team is doing what they're struggling at. It can be easy to lose sight of what other teams are struggling at. I mean, across Major League Baseball, there's been managers who, you know, have their their team bat out of order or they don't know – they didn't have a reliever warming up when they make a pitching change. There's been some really, really serious blunders, and the Pirates haven't had any of those. And what they have struggled with, and I'm thinking about just the bullpen, that wouldn't be Clint Hurdle's fault. If anything, some of the onus needs to be placed on – their hitting coach, Jeff Branson, yeah. um, because they do have guys who get in these slumps. This has been a problem for the last couple of years. 
But the Pirates really struggle, or it takes them really long to get these guys out of these slumps. Josh Bell is one of them, uh, the one that really stands out. And Gregory Blanco is just a never-ending slump, it seems like. We'll figure it out for a couple of games and fall back in a bad habit. That's the only person on the staff that I think that really you got to take a look back, okay, who gets maybe a negative grade for these first 70 or so games? It would probably be Jeff Franklin. Musgrove, Moran have both played pretty well. Looking a little bit better for the Garrett Cole trade? I mean, I know how Cole's played, but I think it's looking well, all right. To be devil's advocate, I don't know where Colin Moran fits in long term. He's not going to be a third baseman. His defense has been a liability. That's um, true. His That's reaction point. time is slow. The arm is, is above average. He has the arm to play third base. But the athleticism is lacking, and you don't notice it until David Freeze takes over over there. And, and David Freeze is making all these athletic plays. You got Josh Bell at first base. You got Will Craig at double A, who's doing really well down there. So I don't know. Long term, right now, those two look good. You got Jason Martin in double A, who's having a heck of a yeah. season. Yeah, the minor league outfielder they got. Michael Feliz has been a complete disaster the past month. But yeah, I think if we look back on it, you know, compare our thoughts now than what they were before the season, of course it looks better. But you look at what Garrett Cole's doing at Houston, it's hard to really. It, it might be unfair, okay, to, to gauge, you know, do they get did they get equal value for this? At least in the interim. It, it will take a, a couple of years to determine that. Last couple of things for Lance Lysowski, DK, PittsburghSports.com. Uh, which pirate would you make the all-star? If there was one guy, which guy on this roster are you putting in? It's Valley. I don't think there's any questioning that. Um you, know, you look at the offensive numbers, he's one of the best hitting, you know, offensive catchers in the league, even though he struggled the last month or so. Defensively, he's been incredible. Just what he's been able to do throwing out runners. The pitch framing's gotten better. I think his overall game, what he's been able to do to kind of reinvent himself at the stage of his career is really one of the it's probably the best story about this team, you know, so far this season. But realistically, you look at the catching, the voting, I don't know if he'll end up getting in. I think Corey Dickerson just isn't hitting for a power at him. No. The average is there. And defensively, he's been, you know, much better than expected. For my process elimination, I just can't imagine it not being Cervelli, even though there are some really talented catches in the National League. Trade him. <laughs> the conversation's going to have to be had, I would think. If, there, if, if they have a losing record on the deadline, I can't imagine what kind of trade value he's going to have. You look at a team like the Nationals, they're going to need a catcher. The team's in town the next couple of days. The Brewers are desperate need of a catcher. It's tough going, though. I mean, Elias Diaz might be ready, but I don't think Jacob Stallings is a backup catcher in the major league. Yeah, and that's the problem there. Uh, Really appreciate the time, as always, Lance. You you do kick ass. I mean, you do a really good job. Uh, I feel like I'm always learning stuff when we talk to you. So appreciate it, as always, and hopefully we talk soon. Thanks, Adam. Always appreciate it. Lance Isowski, DKPittsburghSports.com. Buckos tonight looking to get back to 500 against the Brew Crew. Jolice Chassin! who's got a 3-3-5 ERA-ish going for the Brew Crew tonight against who was the Pirates' best pitcher, Trevor Williams, earlier on in the season. He's kind of fallen off a cliff his last four or five starts, and I suppose he's a perfect microcosm of what the Pirates themselves have been going through. You come out hot, you're exceeding expectations, and all of a sudden, eh, maybe not so much. This is a big series, though. I heard one radio guy, I think it was the dude who does the pre- and post-game for the Pirates on their flagship network, he was saying, if I told you the Pirates were a game under five hundred on June 17th, well, you'd be happy with that, given the expectations. Here's what I say to that. 500's bad. I don't care what the expectations are. You would rather want to be good or ass. And the Pirates are right there in the middle 
It's the worst possible position they could be in. They're not in rebuilding mode. They're not in contending mode. They're just sitting there with one foot in the water. Coming up next, it's the hottest take of the day, Landon Donovan, you son of a bitch. Other crap and the three stars of the show, CSP in Pittsburgh. Mickelson stuff. I really am. Greg Hardy got a second opportunity in the National Football League after throwing a woman on a bed of guns. Now this guy gets to again be involved in major sports. He's in the MMA. Meanwhile, Phil Mickelson, he double taps a putt. And people are acting as if this guy is Satan on earth. Oh, it's disgraceful. Terrible. Joe Buck would be pulling his hair out if Joe Buck had hair. He was furious with the way that this all went down, as did all the other broadcasters that were commenting on the U.S. Open, and I'm just tired of it. It's, yes, not something that you would like to see in the spirit of golf, I suppose, but I've done it. You've done it. In fact, I do it every single Saturday I go out on the golf course. I'm not walking down the damn hill. I'm going to put it. I'll take the two-stroke penalty. It's in the book. Now, I realize it's in the rule book because if you're putting and you accidentally double hit it that way, or if you're doing a practice swing and you hit it and then you hit it again, things like that, it's not supposed to be done to circumvent having to walk down the hill and then attempt to save yourself. But Phil Mickelson is all of us. Phil Mickelson's a human being, and who among us hasn't made mistakes? Now, I don't buy his whole explanation. Oh, I was doing it because I knew the rule and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't know if he even thought about the rule in the moment. I think he was just irritated, didn't want to have to walk all the way back down, and I guess in some people's mind, they're no longer going to be lefty fans anymore. Uh, they're no longer going to be fans of good old Phil Mickelson, Fig Jam, as we call him here on the Crowley Show. If that's your prerogative, fine. I think you're overreacting. Uh, I don't think he should have been disqualified from the tournament. I thought he did the classy thing when he called the head of the USGA and said, should I be disqualified? Should I withdraw from this? And they said, no, you got the two-stroke penalty. Now, anybody else who's saying, well, what if it's Augusta, and instead of going into the water, you run over and smack it, then that probably should be a penalty that would have you ejected. And, okay, aren't we just doing slippery slope stuff there, though? Aren't we just trying to make this a bigger issue than it is? Why does it have to be anything more than Phil Mickelson being pissed off in the moment? And, yes, his explanation did not say that he was irritated. His explanation didn't say that he was pissed off, and maybe it would have been better had he gone that honest route, but that's what happened. We've all been there. We've all been there in life. I'm the nicest guy in the world. I really believe that. I'm the nicest guy in the world. Don't ask Tom. Unless I'm in traffic, and then I'm in traffic, and somebody cuts me off, and I go ballistic. It's a warm day. You're, what, was he 12 over par or whatever it was at that moment? Things aren't going well. The course is unfair, probably in your opinion, just like it's unfair in a, the opinion of a lot of people who were out there on the course that day. And he just got fed up. I'm not going to act like he's a criminal because he did what any one of us would have done or considered doing in that situation. It's time for the hottest take of the day. 
It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. Phil Mickelson hitting a putt twice isn't the worst thing that happened this weekend. The worst thing that happened this weekend was Landon Donovan. Vamos Mexico! That was the worst thing. That's like if the Steelers don't make the playoffs and Ben Roethlisberger's like, let's go Ravens! Woo! Go Pats! You can't be doing that. You can't be cheering on your arch rival. And Mexico is without a doubt the arch rival of the United States soccer team. Here's what Landon Donovan said, quote, To begin, my heart bleeds red, white, and blue, and no one should ever question my allegiance to and support of U.S. soccer and its national teams. That being said, having grown up east of Los Angeles, playing with Mexican teammates whose passion for football inspired me at a very young age, as well as recently with Club León and Liga Mexico, I always have had a strong connection and respect for our neighbor, end quote. Except when you peed on the side of the stadium! You remember that? 2004, Landon Donovan peed on the side of the Mexican stadium. You want to know why? Because it's a rival. You pee on your rivals. You don't pee on your friends. Sometimes you pee on your lover, but that could wind up with things then ending as a rivalry. Here's the deal. You can't be rooting for a rival unless it's all about money. And it was all about money. So just say it was all about money. But now he doubled down. And he went on and said this too. Quote, since the USMNT sadly is not participating in the 2018 World Cup, I am supportive of our CONCACAF rivals and would like to see them do well. If others disagree that this is their prerogative, but similar to how the United States Soccer Federation, the Canadian Soccer Association, and the Federacion Mexicana de Football joined together in the united bid to bring the 2026 World Cup to North America, I believe in supporting each other and building bridges not barriers. Stop trying to stay woke here, Donovan. It ain't about you being, I don't know, hip to the cause here. This doesn't have to be about border security. This doesn't have to be about our neighbors to the south and whatever it means in relation to national security and things of that nature. You don't have to. He, he responded with Carlos Bocanegra talking about how there's a lot of issues going on between the two countries right now and Donald Trump and all that. It doesn't have to be about that. Just tell people it's about the money. Just tell people it's about Wells Fargo giving you a big fat check. That's it. I think we can all respect that. I'd root for the Ravens for money. I wouldn't root for the Flyers or Pitt, but I'd root for the Ravens for money. You'd have to write me a pretty damn big fat check to root for Pitt. You'd have to make me... A very wealthy man for me to root for the Philadelphia Flyers. But I can be bought for the Baltimore Ravens. You can make that happen. I think people respect that. If he came out and said, guys, I made $1 million with Wells Fargo, I think people are going to say, okay, cool. But instead, he had to go on this long diatribe. Vamos, Mexico. I grew up in California. I speak Mexican. Blah, blah, blah. It's Spanish. There is no Mexican. I think people would have understood. Now, Landon, the only soccer player who was born in the United States that I've ever heard of, you're now dead to me. That was the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. Brewers pitcher Adrian Hauser got recalled from AAA and then promptly threw up before his first appearance. Best hurler they could recall from the minors? Woo! 
Other crap. He did not pitch well. His change-up Chuck was all over the place. Woo! Other crap. Landon Donovan is rooting for Mexico in the World Cup. I didn't swan see that coming. Woo! Other crap. You think they separated Donovan from his brain at the border? Woo! Other crap. You didn't like that one, Tom? No? Too much with the social issues? Woo! Other crap. I think you like this one. Did you see that Leonard once out of San Antonio? What a kawaii baby. Woo! Other crap. Better call the Wambulance. Woo! Other crap. The Co-Wambulance. Woo! Other crap. After waffling over which World Cup team to root for, I'm happy I landed on Belgium. Woo! Other crap. I haven't seen the Germans get out, shut out like this by the Mexicans since the Zimmerman telegram. Woo! Other crap. Switzerland tied Brazil. I wouldn't be surprised if the Swiss tied all their matches. Woo! Other crap. Because they're, uh, they're neutral. Woo! Other crap. It's been 497 days since Pitt Basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Tonight's second star, third star of the show, Lance Lysowski. Until they show the fans actually care, I don't think people are going to want to show up because who wants to watch, you know, Edgar Santana got to get teed off on in the eighth inning <laughs> or the bullpen blow another lead. It's just it's, it's the same old same old. Tonight's second star of the show, Adam Crowley. You can't have a cup of coffee with that. You can't. You can't eat a burger and drink a cup of coffee. And to that, I say, oh, absolutely, you can. Let me ask you this question, Tom. Do you like coffee? Yes. Do you like burgers? Yes. Why not eat them together? I rest my case. I don't even need all thirty seconds. Screw all y'all. Damn it. And tonight's first star of the show. Germany and Japan! You think France and England root for each other? No! You think the French and the Germans root for each other? No! Do you think the Germans and Japanese team up and try to take over the world? Yes. Yes! That happened. That yes. did happen. Yes. I think that happened that one time, yeah. Ed Werder used to work for ESPN. Can't imagine why they fired him. Charlotte Wilder, the Wilder things on Twitter.com, works for Sports Illustrated. She tweeted this out. If you can stand sitting near me in the office, this is about a job. This is a very cool opportunity, especially if you're a woman trying to get into sports. You should message me. DMs are open. Ed Werder quote tweeted it and said, so men need not apply? Any others ineligible? Ed. Ed. She then went on to say, oh, wow, you're right, Ed. Sorry for attempting to make sports media more than 10% female. My bad. And Ed said, I just always associated SI with hiring the best, regardless of race, sex, and other factors. Ed's going to come out on the losing side here. What he's trying to do is he's trying to be inclusive. He really is. He's trying to say everyone deserves the same opportunity. But you know what? Not enough women get given the chance in this industry. So I get what Charlotte's trying to do by saying, women, come after me here. Slide into my DMs. I'll help you out. We'll try to get more than 10% of the industry being women. 
And Edward's like, oh, we can't have that. We can't have that. Everybody should get an opportunity. He's the kind of guy, it sounds like, who would be arguing against affirmative action. Now, I don't know Edward at all. I don't know the guy. But he sounds like eh, he would be against affirmative action. It's okay, Ed. You're fine. Who let the dogs out? You'll be okay. I'm sure you'll get a job somewhere. You want to know why? Because you're a white male who worked in the industry for 30 years. You're not going to have a difficult time getting a job, Ed. But the women who are DMing Charlotte certainly might. I'm going to go see Flogging Molly with Dale Lawley and Mike Pursuta. Slam some beers tonight. Tomorrow's show might be awful. Today's was great, though. It was. It was excellent. Tomorrow on the show, no idea. But I'll be hungover, and I'm getting a haircut at 11 a.m. DSP in Pittsburgh.